You have located Geekfest Rants, the entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. Shall we play a game? Covering the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Game over, man. Game over. Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. So say we all. So say we all. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Thundar the Barbarian. The year 1994. From out of space comes a runaway planet, hurtling between the Earth and the Moon, unleashing cosmic destruction. Man's civilization is cast in ruin. 2,000 years later, Earth is reborn. A strange new world rises from the old. A world of savagery, super science, and sorcery. But one man bursts his bonds to fight for justice. With his companions, Ukla the Mock and Princess Ariel, he pits his strength, his courage, and his fabulous sun sword against the forces of evil. Barbarian! everybody and welcome once again to Geekfest Rants. My name is Carlos Perone and today I have Steve Folks joining me. We are going to take a look at something that we kind of both grown up with during different years and that is Saturday morning cartoons, something that was very important you know, for us uh, at an earlier age, but now practically does not exist anymore. We're going to try to talk about some of our favorite shows and some of the other shows that would sometimes show up and including the reason or the background story of how animated shows in general were allowed to be played, you know, during certain hours of the day for a certain amount of time and including which content they were allowed to have, you know, due to government regulations. So let's get started with Saturday Morning Cartoons. Television is not the truth. Television is an amusement park. Television is a circus, a carnival, a traveling troupe of acrobats, storytellers, dancers, singers, jugglers, sideshow freaks, lion tamers, and football players. We're in the boredom-killing business. All right, I'm here with Steve once again, and today's topic is 80s saturday morning cartoons which is something that steve suggested that i can't believe in like over 400 episodes we've never actually hit this head on you know we never hit the entire saturday morning world that that we both experienced possibly most likely at different lifetimes (laughs) (laughs) mine you know we're gonna go we're gonna talk about some of our more memorable ones our favorite ones but my range is more in the I would say 80s, you know, from the from 1980, you know, all the way to probably 89, you know, the entire 80s. But your range is what? More 90s, early uh, 2000s? Yeah, my I mean, cartoons in general, not Saturday morning cartoons. I definitely yes. I definitely watched a lot of the 80s cartoons as well, but <laughs> for Saturday morning, you know, those Saturday morning cartoons when you're, you know, grab that cereal bowl, mine is it's going to be probably mid 90s, I would say. Uh mid 90s okay. to late 90s. Now, but how how old were you? 
when you first caught on to the fact that this thing exists, that you can go to Saturday morning? Uh, it, it's probably with my sister. So probably I want to say, you know, I had to be maybe, uh -huh. uh, maybe six, seven. Wow. See, you're lucky because you were born here. So you had them here all along. I came here when I was nine. So to me, it was like, what the hell is this? You know, Why? it was like all of a sudden this input of information, number one, and I don't know if I ever mentioned this with you. I hadn't seen color TV until I got here in 1979. Mm. So the fact that I'm going from black and white TV to color, it's like, this is like going to the movies. For me, it was like, holy, you know, any, I would watch anything because it just, it would blow me away. And yes, we did have, you know, we did have your, your, you know, your daily cartoons that would appear and, while we're not going to dive deep in, into them today, you know, your, your Hanna-Barbera's, your, you know, your Tom and Jerry's, your Bugs Bunny, you know, your, 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 your basic food groups, if you will, of cartoons that have been around for a long time and th that they were on reruns and they're still on reruns. Your Flintstones, you know, all that older stuff uh, was always there. But then all of a sudden, again, for some weird reason, uh, which we'll go into a little bit. Saturday mornings became this this haven of more cartoons, but different cartoons than what we would see during the week. Now, granted, during the week, you know, you, they wouldn't put them on, obviously, till you get home from school. So I remember, you know, school would let out around 3. So by around 3, 3.30, you know, as you're home, you know, you're home, you're watching your cartoons, having your snacks or whatever you're doing or doing your homework or not doing your homework. But then there was this Saturday morning thing where it was like, wait a minute, if I get up early enough on Saturday, I can catch up on these newer, more somewhat modern ones, you know, without having to dip into the oldies, you know, the classics. However, you know, during the week, you still had other ones that, again, they're not part of this lineup, but like your your He-Mans, your, uh, your G.I. Joes, which became so popular that you can't just put them on a Saturday. They had to run every day because people were eating them up like crazy. But I remember, you know, yeah, getting up early on Saturdays just to watch what it was and to the point where it's like, well, hold on a second. If I get up at six in the morning, well, what if I get up at five in the morning? And I remember at those times, they would have like David and Goliath. And it was like, it was like stop motion animation, a dog and a kid and their adventures, but it was very religious too. So it was like, well, I, I can appreciate the the kiddiness and the and the animation, but it's like, why do they have to give me this religious story too at the same time? It's like, I don't know. Wait another half hour, and then that's when you would jump into this kind of stuff. You know, all these crazy. I mean, go go. You could start with your first one. You can go right ahead. Oh well, well no, I, just just to piggyback off what you're saying, yeah, it was it was definitely. I mean, it, what's funny is, I mean, we're coming at this from two different, you know. Two, two different age groups here, but we're both experiencing the same thing. I could just, it's just two different areas. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. we still experience the same, the same, the same thing. I think, that, I think that's really awesome. And I, I remember I would sneak out to because I, I didn't want to make a lot of noise. I didn't want to wake my parents. <laughs> so it's like you know, you turn on the TV really low and you hope you're not waking anyone up. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 for us, we had our, our, our TV room was right next to our parents' bedroom, so so we had like sneak, so oh, we had to sneak yeah. past it, like get, get in past it, and then turn the TV on. Oh man, and then turn the TV on real low, so. Like, it, it was great, but um, so, so just a few of a few of the ones that um that I remember from myself. So now, and also looking at this list, uh, a lot of these I remember watching, but these are older cartoons, so they they must have had like, maybe played a few of these, you know, um, yeah. as like you know on um what do you call on rerun, I guess. 
So the first one I wanted to bring up was, and this is probably one of my favorites, and this I know for a fact was not just regulate Saturday mornings. It, it was on the weekends, but yeah. but it, it was it was so impactful for me, and I think to everyone that it was huge. That that, yeah. that, that I think I, I wanted to actually bring it up, and that's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. To this day, I think the Ninja Turtles belongs with He Man and GI Joe in terms of how incredibly popular it oh was. yeah definitely and and this it, i mean it started from, from you know from a comic book actually you know the black mm-hmm. and white comic book and to see i mean yeah. i mean I, I mean at the time i had no knowledge of this but it, but just you no know, look but looking back on it to see how it, it evolved from this very dark and monotone colored comic book it was pretty violent so you know what we got on screen which is like sort of like the de facto standard of turtles you know with all the bright color headbands yeah. and you know eating pizza and all that I, I i was as a kid like that's all i, I loved donatello the opening theme song you know it, it was it was for a teenage for, not even a teenage like for for an adolescent kid a boy at that age it was so ingrained that you know turtles was like the coolest thing ever I remember, you know, how popular it was. I can't really remember if it might have been a little after my time, you know, after my, you know, craziness with with morning cartoons. But yeah, I do remember that. Even I mean, to this day, you can find merchandise left oh, and yeah, right, yeah. and it doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily have to be like some kind of a retro or vintage, you know, money grab. It's legitimate merchandise that people still yeah, want. Yeah. It hasn't kind of gone away. <laughs> I recently bought. I, I, I finally completed my. I, I bought the figure arts, which is like a, a sort of like a more a, sort of like oh. a slightly more expensive line of figures um, of the of the turtles. Mm-hmm. And I, I I recently got uh, Raphael, and I completed. I got all four of them. So, yeah, it's still out there. Still. <laughs> yeah. Well, for for me, the first one I'm going to throw out there is, and again, I was a Star Wars guy from from seventies. You know, I, I was a Star Wars guy before I came here to the States. So I, I kind of brought Star Wars with me and I continued with it and I jumped on anything, especially sci-fi, like Star Trek, anything, Star Wars, Star Trek, anything sci-fi-ish, I would grab onto it. And there was a show called Thunder the Barbarian, which is a futuristic kind of dystopian show that had a guy with like a light sword or a power sword and this um, giant kind of like a monster monkey looking thing as his sidekick you know like the Chewbacca <laughs> type and a princess that would have certain powers and it was it was again it was futuristic but dystopian at the same time and it, it kind of and it was really cool and I'm kind of surprised they never actually tried to adapt it to this to a tell to, to live action or the screen because it, it was a very memorable show again this is one of these type of items that nowadays you know as a retro thing they are creating toys for this now as a retro thing it never stayed i don't remember how many seasons it lasted but it was like cool sci-fi uh, animation yeah and, and, and looking back on it it, it, it it did remind me a lot of, of like a he-man style um style, style yeah artwork. very very muscular yeah. characters yeah i remember seeing this later on but much later on but only like in passing i, I never I, I never had like the memory of me actually watching it as it was on, but I remember going. I remember looking back later on on it, and it, it was, in fact, and, and when I did see this for the first time, I thought it was like a, a Master of the Universe like yeah, spinoff yeah, yeah. from it. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting. The other thing to keep in mind is that for you, it might have been different, but for me, this is a period, especially the early '80s, where I didn't have a VCR. VCRs were very expensive. They, they were coming, you know, they were coming on, but the price was very high and the pri- every year the prices would lower and lower and lower. I didn't get a VCR, I think, until around 1980. 
84 or 85. So the first half of the 80s, I'm watching all this live. And if I miss an episode, you know, you kind of miss... If there's a story being told in order, you kind of miss certain episodes. You're you're kind of screwed. But most of these are never meant to be in that manner. Most of these are supposed to be the type of thing where you jump in at any point. But uh, yeah, that's again, that's definitely one that that I remember that I to this day that it's like, oh, that's that was a cool show. I'm sure it's available on Netflix or something. Yeah, right yeah now. and actually, who we were saying with the VCR, uh, that I think was like sort of the intention of why they like all the episodes were all and not just for this. I mean, for everything it had to be sort of like so self contained. Because, you know, you never know when someone knows. It, 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 we didn't have this access to just going back and binging. <laughs> that concept didn't exist yet. So. Oh, no, no, that, that, not yet. I mean, the, the closest we got in the 80s, I think like maybe in the late 80s, was something like Columbia House selling you videotapes of a series of, you know, season one of Star Trek on Columbia House, you know forget going this deep in the you know in the well to trying to grab some of these shows no way you you saw them once and that's it you, you know there was no youtube back then there's no way you had to wait probably another 15 <laughs> 20 years to be able to to go in a library and grab all this stuff oh yeah so 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 there's what i wanted to bring up was one that i watched so much and i, I yeah and really? I, I don't <laughs> well it, it it's muppet babies but, but it it it, oh, it was okay. uh, and I, I can't explain well I guess I can but it was such a unique <laughs> show because each episode you know the the, the, the Muppets would be going on these you know crazy adventures obviously it was all like in their imagination so when I was young and they had a two episodes that were based on Star Wars no of course of course had had to bring it back to Star Wars somehow and um oh, yeah. and. And I and I, I knew of Star Wars, but I wasn't as big into it back then. So, so I, you know, that came later, obviously. But I, I don't know for sure, but I could maybe make the connection that maybe this show actually got me into, you know, really hunting down and finding more and more into Star Wars. Um, <laughs> I, I could definitely make that connection. Wow. Um, but it, I, it, I do it, remember. Yeah, I do remember it coming coming on around that time from, you know, live. Obviously, yeah, I, yeah. Know, you I assume you saw it later. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I see, I'm, I'm old enough to also remember The Muppet Show, the, oh, yes, the weekly yeah. Muppet Show, and how... This is, was a way of kind of like bringing back the Muppets in a different manner. You know, they're all babies and they're they're all doing this baby talk kind of thing. <laughs> and yeah, the show was very heavy with using clips from movies yeah, like and then kind of recreating yeah. scenes. Yeah. And I remember, I could have swore I heard something about how it was so difficult then to be able to sell these episodes afterwards because they didn't have the rights to air these clips on, on the resale market. It's one of these things, like some TV shows where they air music, like Miami Vice, they have music, popular music of the time to air, but then when you have the video rights, they never cleared them for video rights. So I think the Muppet Babies had a similar problem where it was either, I think it was clips, video clips of movies that they had problems getting the rights to resell them as DVDs or VHS or whatever. Oh, huh, it's interesting. Yeah, they, you know, you're right. Though. They did use a lot of a lot of clips. There's a, there's a lot of, like, yeah. a lot, especially even in the, in the in the in the opening screen. There was like a lot of like clips from like movies and stuff. But you know, with, like the Muppet Babies like superimposed onto the clip itself. Yeah, you're right. Though they did use a lot. And of, back then they weren't Disney. Obviously, back then oh, yeah, they were, yeah. I guess, Jim Henson Productions or something. Yeah, 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 yep. Yeah, exactly. I remember at the end you would have like the Jim Henson like logo show up at the end. Yep. Well, my, my next one is Dungeons and Dragons, which, uh, as you guys know, I, I was into D&D back then. Yeah, I still and, am. <laughs> and capitalizing on, the, on that fad of the time, because it, the, the 80s was when it kind of blew up and, and, it got tried to, and they tried to, you know, to squash it at the same time, they did put out a show that was 
you know, it, it was it was the, the, the TV version, you know, the animated version of it. It was very kid-friendly. You had these characters that were, yeah, they were, you know, you had a magic user and, a, like, a warrior and this and a, a little... Uh, but these were kids that were apparently were, like, from modern times who got sucked into the game. Yeah, yeah. And they became these characters. So they still have the personalities of whatever it is that they were in, in the real world. You know, one was kind of like a jerk and the other one was, you know, the strong athlete and the little kid and this, you know. But they did mix it up with creepy, you know, bad guys that I think were pretty exclusive. I think most of the characters were pretty exclusive to the show. It was just the theme. It was Dungeons and Dragons. But I don't think they were directly associated with the games. Really? But I don't know how they use the name because... I don't think we ever really saw, if I remember right, actual characters from from the games that would show up in the show. Well, I know I know they had like because in in the game, you know, it's basically just like monsters and sort of classes like you would play. So so I mean, there's, right. I, I'm not sure if there was ever like an actual main character in Dungeons and Dragons. Because the main bad guy, I remember he had like this horn, this sideways horn, and he was kind of like a vampire looking guy. And I don't remember if he actually came from a game or they just made him exclusive. It was created for the actual, um, to be the, the central bad guy. And they also had a, I remember a little wizard that was like a Yoda looking guy, <laughs> a little guy with with the, with the hair. He looked like Yoda without the ears, basically. Yeah. But, but, but I love this. Like, like, it, like This show always reminded me of like, okay, you need to take like the... Like if you're trying to explain Dungeons and Dragons to someone who doesn't know what it is, yeah. like, okay, you, you break it down. Well, the show's yeah, not yeah, gonna yeah, help yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not gonna do a good job of explaining what it is. But if you take like the core class, like just names of random things in Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, yeah, and just put them together into a show, you can give this to someone and say, okay, Dungeons and Dragons contains these things, you know, but it, not in exactly in this way, <laughs> not in this context. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a little weird. And again, I. I rem- again, it's one of these things. That kind of sticks to your head, you know. It's like, yep, yeah, I remember watching that one. That was a cool little show. Yeah. Well, what's funny is like Dungeons and Dragons has never had like even in, in even in their movie. And when was that two thousand? That was that oh. horrible movie that came out. Uh, you know, they haven't like broken into media very well intentionally, except for like things that reference Dungeons and Dragons, which yeah. is like, like Stranger Things and things and and um and Freaks and Geeks. Like th- those yeah. two shows yeah. did a good job at portraying Dungeons and Dragons. Better than and now, and now Stranger Things, obviously. Yeah, Stranger, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what sort of I think got a lot of people. Yeah, D and D never had a, a Lord of the Rings moment. No, where, never. Holy crap! They actually made a movie that is true to the the vision of what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so my my next pick is I'm going I'm going to save my the the, the big one for 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 last. But th- yeah, yeah, yeah. but this one is is a pick that I would really I I, I love this show, but I I think I was a little too late on the train when it came out so i only saw like sort of random episodes okay but it was uh it, it was uh, and i'm gonna group them together because there's two shows but it's just there's no point in really splitting them up but it's the 90s spider-man and the 90s x-men ah. and, and both of these shows like I, I think i was like just too late in catching them on like saturday mornings when i started watching but, but uh I, I, they were pretty impactful and I'll, I'll speak not just for me but for a lot of people of my, my age that these are probably sort of like the quintessential you know i guess maybe besides superman uh the superman cartoon but these two were, pre- were pretty much like sort of like, like the de facto standard when it came to uh the superhero shows on fox and even the theme songs are still very well recognized for, for both of mm-hmm. them 
and it, it was the first time we got to see like sort of like a definitive okay this is spider-man from start to finish you know and the same thing for x-men like it gave like the base team yeah. and it, it actually in both series actually had and, and nothing like we have today where it's like continued stories but they actually had small little mini arcs you know like two or three episode continuations of um you know from a previous episode uh, I'm not sure if you watch these or not, but these these were they're on Disney Plus now, and I've, I'm I'm like trying yeah. to like you know go back and watch a few of them. No, I, I never jumped on on that particular wave of of Spider-Man X-Men shows. Was this also around the t- right before the beginning of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films? Uh, th- this is quite a while before. The, 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 yeah, the way Sam, before yeah, that. yeah, yeah. No, for me the the version of of what you're talking about is. Spider-Man and Friends or The Incredible Hulk and Friends, mm, okay. which was a, a little earlier, a little more basic, not as sophisticated as, as the 90s version, but it was still a way of them kind of giving you these characters with, I guess, with an 80s flair to them, if you will. You know, not not the animation isn't as good, but to me, it looked more like what I would consider to be a comic book version of it. Right, right. And every now and then, I think you would have these crossover characters coming up. I mean, you know, traditional bad guys would sh- would pop up in here. And um, even newer good... I think... I don't even... I'm not sure. I'm not sure the Fantastic Four were part of this at one point. But yeah, I remember those were, were some of the ones that I would definitely uh, follow around. You know, near, again, related to what you're talking about. Right. And it's, it's actually sort of a good point that you brought up is because... The Spider-Man and X-Men cartoons, while looking back now at them, since they appeared, a lot of comic books sort of adapted to appear to look like that type of style of art. But at the time, it, oh. it, it didn't actually look like a comic book, actually. It looked more like a modern modern, modern animation. Afterward, then comic books started adapting that more style of art towards it. But Right. It, it, it's one or the... It's like Wag the Dog. Who's, who's influencing right, who? Right, right, right. From your pick and from this one, which is a bit earlier, uh, is Super Friends, which is probably probably one of the first and biggest, you know, comic book oh, themed yeah. shows around. This one, it did resemble more of a comic book, and it it took on, it took <laughs> on that very uh, comic booky feel to it. And uh, and it's the DC version, obviously. Yeah, yeah, right, DC. right. And it, it you know it had Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, and you know, and Robin. Now let me ask you a question because I never understood this. Are the Wonder Twins characters that existed before, or they were just made up for the show? No, I, I'm pretty sure, and I, I could be wrong. On this, Amos so <laughs> wants to correct me, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure the Wonder Twins were created because that when the show came out, there was no like a human character there. So, right, so the kid, you yeah, kid. yeah, you need, yeah. you need like, and I guess Robin still was, he still was mm-hmm. technically, you know, technically, you know, one of the superheroes. So, yeah, th- yeah. there was no sort of like like a uh, character that kids could, could connect with to like, you know, that sort of wish fulfillment type thing. Yep, yep, <laughs> so, yep, yep. so I think that's why they were sort of added on. But again, I wasn't around when this was on TV, but uh, I, it, I remember this one on TV, like, like, you know, every week watching it. I remember the, these, I do remember. Now, now do, do, I, do, do, I, did you watch that? When you first saw it, it was, was it over here in the United States? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was all, everything was here. Everything okay. was basically here. I, I honestly don't remember watching much animated shows back in Uruguay I just I just I guess my memory is just shot you know the other thing was that and again you, you know you're talking about ni- you know 1979 1980 you have your three major networks you have your PBS uh, and you have your UHF channels where you can kind of get some blurry Spanish network here and some blurry <laughs> something you know you got to go into the UHF channels cable was very practically non-existent 
But going back to even my TV watching habits, again, you're talking about somebody who's, I was less than nine years old. TV there was not only black and white only because we didn't have an, an influx of color television yet, but TV only ran from certain hours to certain hours of the day. So there would be like a block of, uh, I don't know if I remember right, maybe from four o'clock in the afternoon till like 10 o'clock at night. And during the day, you would just get a, a slate, you know, a, a standby. Yeah, right. We're not here slate. So TV wasn't that important to me yet as, a, as opposed to coming here and all of a sudden, wait a minute, it's in color? And it's on practically 24 hours a day? Are you kidding me? You know, it was, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, that's when I got really into TV because there was actual material to be able to watch. But yeah, the, it, it, was a, it, it was a big thing to be able to all of a sudden find these little nooks of entertainment, you know, for my age. Now, the, the next one I'm going to mention is, is going to be a pair together because they're, they're kind of, they are related. And that is the Ewoks and Droids cartoons. Yep. And this was supposed to be the, you know, Lucas is done with the trilogy, telling us he's done forever. He's going to retire. He's going to make his, his famous experimental films that he's been threatening to make for years. And he, I, I don't know if he's finally making them. But in order to keep his, his companies, Lucasfilm, you know, ILM, all his companies going... You know, not only would they hire Lucasfilm to do some sound work or special effects or whatever, this was going to be like another thing to kind of keep the interest in Star Wars kind of in the background. Granted, it was a more or less a flop because I think only Ewoks lasted beyond the season or even droids. After one or two seasons, they completely died. The style of the animation was kind of weird. I remember... It might have been a little bit like the holiday special. The the, the characters are, are very thin and they look weird. They just look a little different, uh, especially in the droids ones. The Ewok show was more kiddie-ish. Than, so they, they kind of had like two flavors. If you want to go super kiddie, if you want to go, you know, like Muppet Baby kind of kiddie, you go to the Ewok show, which is all about cute little Ewoks doing stuff. But if you want to get closer to Star Wars, you would go to droids. But it was just not that good it was it just didn't you didn't get you didn't really get that star wars feel from it it was just weird but again i always say this you know uh, bad star wars is better than no star wars so i ate it up i just ate it up until they they said all right we're done move on to the next thing <laughs> I, I remember my first exposure to this was uh and i had no idea this existed um was was when uh the the re-release of the re-release of the theatrical movies were coming out and they had like a they, they had like okay. a, a star wars like magazine where it had like darth vader on the cover and it basically um it basically went through like the history of star wars you know up to that point <laughs> so and it, and, it, and it mentioned like you know yep. the, the, there was you no know, the the uh the joys cartoon and i was like what I was like, what is this i was like i, I didn't know this existed and i went back and why i went back well, and watched it later I was, I, you know at the time I was, I was a bit older so i was like yeah okay i Kind of see, okay. Yeah, this is like uh, 1985, probably. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't even born yet. And they had a lot writing on it because not only was it a way of keeping Star Wars alive in a way, this is where they were hoping Kenner would continue. You know, when the toy line ended, and they they were kind of like hoping they were able to make make more action figures movie-based action figures. They were also hoping to be able to cash in on these two shows. And they actually released uh, one or two waves, I think, of uh, droids and Ewoks 
action figures packaged, you know, in Star Wars packaging exclusive for that. And they even tried to kind of entice you into buying some of their ships. So in other words, for example, some of the ships that were never made under Kenner, like the uh, the A-Wing fighter, for example, they sold it as a droids ship. <laughs> so if you were like diehard toy collecting at that time, I guess I got I got to get that ship because that's the only way. And yeah, nowadays, if you have if you have a crazy collector who has an A-Wing, it came from droids. So that is it, that's it does. Funny. Yeah, it's, they 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 got you that way if you're really into it. But unfortunately, I was done by then in terms of act collecting. I, I had given up <laughs> at that point. Just say with the animation, the animation was kind of weird because it, it looked very like if you know like those like caricatures you get done of you like you know sometimes if you're you know walking yeah, on the street, like, yeah. it seemed it seemed everything seemed very like exaggerated in certain parts. It seemed like a caricature of all the care of all the of all the characters. Yeah, and- like C-3PO, for example, and again, this goes back to the holiday special, the way that they drew it. I forget the name of the company that was in charge of it, but like he's a droid and his face doesn't flex. His his arms don't bend yeah. the way that they were bending them. And it just looked, it looked like a weird bendy doll, the way that, that it, it moved. It didn't look at all like what you thought he should look like. <laughs> but hey, that's the style. I don't know. They tried it and they, they yeah, failed. Yeah, apparently it didn't work, sadly enough. Okay, so so the the next couple are they're sort of going to be related only because they are sort of the the cartoons that sort of like solidified my I guess like they're sort of like the foundation I guess of my Saturday mornings really. So starting off is a cartoon that is the one that sort of sprung about the rest of them. So it, it was Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Unlimited was sort of the expansion on Justice League. And Justice League Unlimited actually just wasn't regulated to Saturday morning. I think it was, I think Justice League Unlimited was on like throughout the whole day. It was very popular. But Justice League was, you know, it it was, it was the sort of ground rock of the beginning of, it it, it continued on from the Batman animated series and from the Superman Mm -hmm. animated series. So it was the first time to my knowledge that there was actually sort of a a sort of shared universe in terms of cartoons. Because they started out in the the early 90s with the Batman animated series and a lot of those stories and a lot of those characters were then moved upward into afterward into the Superman animated series. And then from that, there were storylines that were then touched upon, you know, together in Justice League. And obviously Justice League is made up of you know, Batman, Superman, as well as Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it was a very popular show, actually. It, it was actually one of the first shows that actually had like all this like connective tissue from these other shows. And it, it pulled in storylines that were set up back in the Batman anime series in the early 90s. So the creator, Bruce Tim, is sort of now like, it's sort of called the quote-unquote Timverse of anime series because he, all of his stuff has this sort of same time frame around it. Yeah, wow. yeah. So and it's and it sets up two other shows that I'll mention later on down the line that uh, that spawned actually from Justice League. So and it gets toward the end of Justice League Unlimited, it got into sort of like a lot of like time travel stuff. So the shows and things that sort of sprung off from this, it had like uh, the storylines were always done in like these two or three segment arcs so if you were to watch one episode the next week you would get the you know the second part of it and it, it would have like these two or three story arcs that last throughout the whole season and it was really really fun to watch and especially going toward the end it got really epic and it, like, a lot of things were like thrown in so this is one of my favorite favorite of, of the cartoons yeah i i didn't follow any of those at that point i was already you know on my way to something else 
the closest thing I've gotten to anything close to Justice League, I guess, would be whenever they would show you the Hall of Justice on Super Friends, oh, yeah. and it was like, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. the Hall of Justice. It's like I know that building. That's very familiar looking. But yeah, that's yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, like you said, I, I understand how how it grew. It just mushroomed into so many other properties, kind of putting them all under one umbrella. Now, my next one. Let me just throw another weird one. Uh, they, there was actually a Godzilla cartoon, and it was either Godzilla or Godzilla and Godzuki, which was supposed to be his kind of like his, I don't know if his son or his nephew or his whatever. So it was like, you know, mean Godzilla coming around, you know, blowing things up, the bad guys. But obviously, because it's a Saturday morning cartoon, there would be these kids who would have adventures. And then when they would get in trouble, they would call Godzilla for help. But they also had this little tiny dinosaur with wings, uh, like a dragon with wings who was always kind of like not good enough to be Godzilla. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> and I honestly, you know, I, I have a friend who's a super Godzilla fan, like a, like a Japan-only Godzilla fan. I, I don't think he's very fond of, the, of this version of the Americanized Godzilla because it is so kiddie-ish and so child-friendly. You know, he doesn't destroy too many things. Obviously, nobody gets killed because... As we know, he throws this like is a, a light uh, temper tantrum. <laughs> right, right. He'll he'll push a ship over, but you know, no one drowns or explodes or anything like that. But it was so obvious that they were kind of trying to get you to focus more on the on the cute little dragon than on the big guy, because obviously the show could end at any moment. Because all they gotta do is call the big guy, and the big guy will just you know, okay, that's it. You lose, you win. Everybody go. Show's <laughs> over. So they, they obviously you can't have them show up too many times, but uh, yeah, that was such a weird show that it's like yeah, I used to watch that. I, I remember, and it was weird. And the weirdest thing again, and, and we can't go into this, but a lot of these shows, their opening theme songs with Godzilla was like, oh, Godzilla's coming, you know, you know, very classic, you know, and then you and then the the music would change to like little bells and we go ding 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 ding. And Godzuki. And it's like, what the <laughs> hell is that? And it's like, oh, it's a kid show. It's like, hey, and just to, just to remind people, that there, there was two Godzilla cartoons. There was one from 78, but then there was the the, the newer one for, um, in, I think, 1998 or 1999. Oh, for, forget it. For, yeah, yeah, sure yeah. Much for the one, the, the one that was based on the American movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the Dean Devil. Yeah, the Emmerich movie. Yeah. yeah. Which is another thing that my friend really absolutely despises. <laughs> oh no, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people do. I, I don't think I don't think too many people look back on that movie and uh, with fond memories. So my my next one is also a continuation of what we I just spoke about was um it, it was a cartoon uh, called Zeta Project and it was a spinoff of Batman Beyond, which was oh. a spinoff of Justice League. So you have these you have wow. multi, yeah, you have these multiple shows that are like and like I said the, the, the Justice League is what sort of started all this and then uh, you know it, it sprung off all these other side projects. So the Batman Beyond show was set in the far future where Batman retires and he he takes on this new person Terry McGinnis comes in and becomes Batman. And from that, because it was set so far in the future, Batman fights. Of course, it has to be a robot. <laughs> and and he, he encounters this thing called the Zeta Project, where they create like, this artificial life form. And from that, it was so popular, they created an entire show based on this Zeta character. Wow. And uh, and he has like this whole, like, he's basically on the run from you know this government agency. And when I was a kid watching this, I was like, oh, wow, this is so, this is so like, cool. But I, I never knew that 
this spun off from Batman Beyond. I always thought there were two But these are scenes. serialized? Like, you have to watch them in a certain order? Uh, again, Bruce Tim has a great way, and he's he's, he's lead animator and lead, like, uh, writer. He, he has a great way of, ha- of having these, like, two or three episode arcs where you have like there's two or three episodes in a row that are linked together in one story and then that's oh, okay. it and, so and they're, they're, and they're like yeah and they're, okay. they're closed off then you would have another two or three set up and it, throughout all of Justice League that's how the, almost the entire series is done it's always two and hmm. three arcs so you can so you can sort of jump in and you at, at most you only need to like watch you know the previous one or, or what have you to get the whole you know the whole story so yeah so this is just one of my one of my favorites that I would, I would Always, I tried to watch the whole thing from, from start to finish. Two shows I'm going to kind of cluster together, even though they're not related, but the theme to me kind of felt similar in terms of superhero shows that are that try to be funnier than your average superhero show. So it's the funny version of a superhero show. One of them I remember was Plastic Man, and the other mm. one was The Tick. Ah. Uh. Yeah, Plastic Man. I don't know if you're familiar. He's kind of like a like a uh, like a Doctor Richards, you know, from the uh, from the Fantastic Four. He can stretch and do all kinds of stuff like that. And it was very silly. It was it was funny. I mean, it was it was it was comedic. But especially the Tick, I remember, which came way later. And I don't even remember if the Tick ever was a Saturday morning show or not. I think it was at a later time, which was actually funny. Which was like, wow, they actually write this. Not for little tiny kids. This is more for a little more teenagery kind of humor. And uh, I remember reacting really well. And I know later down the line, they actually made live action versions. Two, two actual live yeah, action a, a versions of one the tick. Too. Yeah, a very recent one. But I remember the cartoon. The animated show is what was really the one that hit it you know, with those comic, comedic beats. But for some reason, it always kind of reminded me a little bit of Plastic Man. Well, it's funny. I, I don't remember. I mean, I know who Plastic Man is, but I, I, know, I don't remember. I never remember. There might have been maybe before um, I, I was watching. Uh, yeah, I don't remember Plastic Man, but I definitely remember The Tick. In fact, I, I think, I'm pretty sure The Tick was also on. I think, I think it was one of those that was on, like, it was so popular. It was picked up for like syndication on other on another Wasn't channel. It Fox, I, something yeah, tells me it's Fox yeah, somehow. Yeah. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, you know, you're right. It's one hundred percent. Now, now, and Plastic Man. I don't know. Was he DC or Marvel or, or something else? I don't even remember what he's associated uh, with. I, I, I want to say he's not. He's neither. I, I think I want to say he Plastic Man was Image, but I could, I could be wrong. Else. Yeah, something independent. I, I think yeah, I, I want to say Image, but um, I, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. The Tick actually has a really. If you look up the history of the Tick, the character, it's actually a really wild history. Like he, he started out as like a, a promotional character for a comic book store. Oh yeah, God. and and it's like this, it's this very small independent comic book store, and they they create this character to you know, promote themselves, and they and it got really really popular. And he, so the, the the owner of the store started writing you know little mini comics to you know, to put in you know they they give the customers and it just blew it just ballooned it just blew up and suddenly they were getting wow. like they were getting like a you know a, yeah a, a deal to create a, car, a real cartoon out of them and it just went from there. All right, so my last pick of this little group of segment here of related cartoons here yes. I have is uh, is Static Shock, and this one was also it was a spawned off of um, of Justice League directly I believe. And uh, it featured a like an African American lead character who was like who grew up in like sort of like you know not like the best area of town and he 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 was more of like an urban environment and it, it was very different because I had never seen you know um, there were before there there were more like African American characters you know before my time but from when I started watching he was like the first one that I you know I guess was able to kind of grow up with and, and it it wasn't sort of like you know this over the top 
destroy the world type villains anything it, it was mm-hmm. it was literally him going to school and him you know fighting crime but it was just everyday type stuff it was more mundane street level stuff so which was cool because all the other cartoons i watched were like oh justice league was like okay big aliens are gonna come down and blow up the world and pretty much every week <laughs> or, or left luther was gonna come and create some army of robots you're used to the story yeah yeah, yeah. It, was, it was static shock it was it was, it was at least for that first season or two it was very down to earth and i really i really liked that i was like oh this is actually something i can sort of more relate to really yeah so so those cartoons like the zeta project batman beyond static shock uh justice league those were all in like this sort of like tim verse as they call it bubble of, of connected shared universe you know uh type thing that and, and dc for all the crap it gets for us, live action movies, DC's animated universe is actually pretty well done. They, they have a pretty, yeah, their they're, they're animated movies and, and cartoons are actually are actually pretty good. And they got a great start on, on Saturday mornings. Wow. My next one is, is just an example of, again, a cluster of types of shows that showed up a lot in the 80s in the in the mornings. This one's called the it's, it's the Fonz basically from Happy Days. Now, what 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 they've done, what they used to do a lot of times is take most likely sitcoms from the 80s and turn them into cartoon versions. So they had a a Happy Days version. They had a Mork and Mindy version. They had a Laverne and Shirley version. They had a Alf. If you remember the show Alf, they did cartoon versions of it and uh, granted, a lot of these didn't last too long <laughs> because they weren't really that good. But it was like, wow, they, you know, they, they because it's, I guess, because it's Saturday morning. What the hell? They'll try for a season because the other thing to keep in mind was that every year had two seasons, so there were two periods where, you know, again, kids are coming out of school, they're going into the summer, I think, or about to return to school. So they would give them these two periods of time where they would introduce these new shows. And yeah, some of them wouldn't let, they did, I think they even did Dukes of Hazard as a cartoon uh, cartoon animated. Every, again, I'm sure there's probably another 20 that you couldn't even imagine why they even bother. But yeah, I do remember. I do remember the uh, the, the the Happy Days version of, of animated shows. Yeah, I think in the eighties, I think that was like sort of like the crowning, like the pinnacle of oh. of of, of, of Saturday cartoons. So I think they were they were throwing everything they can at the wall and just trying to see what would what would stick. Oh, yeah. it, it, it was so profitable for them to just you know create a few cheap cartoons. Yeah. You know, you didn't have to hire. Some, sometimes they could get lucky and, and hire a voice person from the actual show, which would give them a little more yep. street cred, but. A lot of times they were just voiceover people that had nothing to do with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, they're so cheap to produce. There's a few here that I wanted to mention, but I, I didn't watch them like, when they were on, but I just wanted to watch, you know, mention them because they were pretty impactful. And there's a lot of people who still, who still they have like this sort of cult following about them. One of them is Darkwing Duck. I, again, I never, I, I, I never watched it myself, but okay. I, I hear, like, everyone still praises Darkwing Duck as being you know, like a really, really great um, cartoon at the time and i still i still see i get, get, get like a, a ton of praise um mm-hmm. another one is thundercats i think you mentioned this earlier where thunder i, I mean I, I think because it was on normal tv you know like not just saturday mornings i think like it's hard not to mention saturday morning cartoons without you know thundercats it, it was a pretty substantial cartoon that uh that influenced a lot and that whole you know group of like he-man and shira 
those were very, very impactful. I, I personally didn't get a chance to watch them, but um, I know that they really left a big impact. Well, that's interesting because I think Thundercats, and you just mentioned She-Ra, She-Ra got rebooted recently, I think, on Netflix. On Netflix, and yeah, yeah. And it's apparently a pretty popular show. But Thundercats, I think somebody tried to do some sort of a reboot or something. Oh, I'm sure. And people were having kind of like a very negative reaction to it. So it's not that easy to just say, hey, reboot, boom, magic. I think, isn't uh, He-Man also, uh, Kevin Smith is going to be doing some kind of animated version of He-Man. Oh, is he really? I think in the fu- in the future. So yeah, they're, they're trying to revive some of these old shows that you know they're noticing people are interested in. You know, that vintage retro... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's the way to go now. It's, you know, we do something from the 80s. Yeah. You can, and then the, 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 last, the last, I guess, honorable mention, I guess I want to mention is, uh, is Gargoyles, which is another one I never watched, but I, I, I hear it gets like a... Oh, okay. I, I, I hear it gets like a ton of praise about how great it was. I think it's on Disney+, Plus. I think. I think it's currently on oh. there, so I, I get to watch it, but... Uh, I hear that it's supposed to be, you know, okay, it's one of the best cartoons of the 80s. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. I, I never watched it. Now, for something a little more kiddie, you know, which again, you know, I, I don't, I usually gravitate for the more realistic adultish kind of stuff, even back then. But there was some kiddie-ish kind of stuff. For example, the Smurfs. The Smurfs were unbelievably popular. Yeah. They, they, Again, we're talking toys turning into, again, I don't know, did the toy come first or did the, the, the cartoon come first? I, I, think I don't toys, know. I don't know, actually. I, I don't remember, but uh, they were huge. I mean, my God, you couldn't get away from the Smurfs. It was like nonstop. Uh, there was also a, a, a one called Richie Rich. I remember watching that. It was based on a, a, car, uh, a comic book about this kid that is so unbelievably rich that he has like every conceivable you know technological thing that you could think of like you know he's got the, he's got the gold toilet seat you know that kind of stuff and you know tvs everywhere and it was it was kind of funny how they translated from comic book i don't think back then they were called graphic novels yeah. i think they were comic books <laughs> yeah back still, still, still but again, it was it, it was it was kiddie-ish it wasn't superheroes it was it was silly kind of stuff uh, but i do also remember i don't know how how late in the morning it was there was a version of Flash Gordon, an animated version, that, again, lasted a few seasons. And I really liked the the animation because it was similar. To, I think it was Filmation, the same company that did um, uh, He-Man. And they, they used a lot of that technique of, I think, using actors to do motion and then rotoscoping the, the animation on top of the actor so that the animation looks like it's an actor. The movements, the way that things move looks very realistic however one of the downfalls of filmation was also that they had to reuse so many scenes just by changing one thing on them because it, w- it would take so long to oh, animate expensive by, in order to save yeah. money yeah in order to save money you would see the semper like you could see he-man and he's running from left to right and then in another episode he's running from left to right the same exact scene, exactly yeah. the same way with the same background with the same everything so there was a lot of scenes where there's certain actions are repeated you know and and it's noticeable but at the same time i i because it was flash gordon this is after the the flash gordon movie came out that i i absolutely loved and i still do it was like wow that's the closest thing to to being able to see flash gordon in, a, in an animated setting without you know going back to the original you know uh, newspaper uh, comics and that sort of thing <laughs> that's my yeah i i don't remember that but um the the reuse of the scenes is is is, is sort of a big thing that was in the i was in a lot of 80s uh, cartoons but yeah, yeah because unfortunately i guess the budget wasn't really the best for a lot of the a lot 
of these, especially like the, the lesser known ones. Um, yeah. Or, but, or but, you would see a lot of times you would see like a frozen image of a character and only his arm would move. Yeah, right, right. And right. you're like, what's going on here? Why is only and his arm would be like a slightly a different color than the rest shade of his chest. Bit, yeah. And you're like. Oh, I get it, because that's the only thing they could afford to move. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, cut yeah, corners somehow. <laughs> yeah, that was a little weird. Okay, so um, so I'm trying to wrap up here, but I want to have two more that are probably my um, two mm-hmm. biggest shows that I absolutely loved. And the first one is uh, X-Men Evolution, which was... A uh, it was sort of a retake of '90s X-Men cartoon, which I didn't really, I wasn't really able to to watch when it was on. But X-Men mm-hmm. Evolution was a um, series that was sort of a a redefinition, I guess, of of how a lot of people viewed X-Men. Every, all of the characters were a lot younger. They were all still in like school. They, it was basically all of the X-Men that were basically aged down to like more of like a teenage years. And, oh, okay. and, and they were introduced into Xavier's school. Oh, um, so it, school. it was okay. yeah, so it was literally like a high school basically with superpowers. So so okay. it, so it was um so it was like Rogue and Cyclops. Like Cyclops was dating Jean, and Wolverine was the only one who was like in his still. Like he, he was still in his forties, I guess, or however old he normally is. But everyone else was he's alive. always older. Than yeah, everybody. yeah, he's always old apparently. Um, but it, it was it was a really cool series because it was like this fresh take on X Men, and it gave it sort of like a clean slate, and we got to see how the characters got their powers, and you know, it, it was it was a very it was one of those series where like it was basically from the start. So you see introduction of like um, Sabretooth and, and Toad mm-hmm. and you know, all of like the main characters that we know, but just from a slightly newer, fresher point of view. And it ran for like four, three or four seasons. It was by the end, like how a lot of these cartoons go, it was like a lot of them start out as like, you know, sort of simple stories, you know, one shots and everything. But by the time they get to their later seasons, they sort of mature with their audience. So they can introduce mm-hmm. a lot more of like these bigger themes and longer scopes and episodes. And, and the animation was really great on this. Well, from what I remember for the time, the animation was like, it was very, very, very slick with them. All right, I got a couple more, and I'm trying to wrap it up because, I mean, we could talk about this for for, for hours. It's too many. Again, on the on the on the sci-fi fantasy side, not non-comic book superhero, there was a show called Black Star, also, which was kind of like again, sword and fantasy, and not exactly Conan-ish, but kind of sci-fi fantasy, where he had this sword. I think that he, he the bad guy had one half, and he had the other half. So I guess you could say it's a little He-Man-ish. Uh, in terms of them both having the two sides of that same sword, and he, I think he rode around on, uh, on like a like a dragon type of thing. Yeah. Again, I I don't remember it too well, but I do remember it's one of those things where it's like if it would be on, you'd be like, oh, that's interesting. I want I want to watch that. And uh, the other one I want to mention again, this is also a cluster of shows. There were a lot of shows based on video games back then, and I remember there was a Pac Man show. There was a Qbert show. I think there might have been a Miss Pac-Man show, and there was a show called Dragon's Lair. If yes. you don't remember, again, going back to the D and D theme, this was a video game that was. It was like it was really revolutionary for its time because it actually used laser disc technology, because it was kind of like the the create your own adventure type of thing where you're playing on an arcade game, you know, in, in the arcade or wherever. But you're not watching computer images, you're watching video. So depending on what you decide to do, 
they would play a scene of what your character does depending on what you chose. So you're talking a lot about a different options. Now, granted, because the technology was kind of old at its infancy, if you will, it would take time for things to happen. So there would yeah, be this huge delay. delay. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing was that it was like an expensive, I think it was like 50 cents or 75 or a dollar even to play it because, whoa, this is like the, the latest technology. You, you This won't be just a quarter. And it was awkward and it was, you know, glitchy. And But it was like, wow, this is just something completely different. It looked amazing. It just didn't work right. You know, when you tried playing it and then they adapted it into a TV show, which like uh, an animated show, which like, oh, wow, that's cool. I'd rather watch the animated show than try to play the game. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that, like, because it looked it looked like the, the game, <laughs> I, I would rather watch the cartoons. So I can see it all play yeah. out all at once. You know, so you don't in, have to stop every two seconds because the decision has to be made and you have to press the button and the thing. Sorry, you're dead. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, which it's funny because in a way which has been tried, and you think about it, you think of the history of D&D, it's like, you know everybody through the 70s, through the 80s, kept saying to themselves, we have computers. Why can't D&D be something with a computer so that you can see your options and you can see the results of your decisions right away? And But it, it never was able to get to that point, you know, I mean, now video games, forget it. Video games, there's just another medium of entertainment. But yep. back then, we all thought that that's what video games should be, to be able to make those quick decisions Yeah, uh, it, and, sh- and being shown to you. This game was like, even today, even today, even looking back on it, yeah, you know, it looks, you know, you date it now, but <laughs> it's revolution, at least for me, when I first saw this, it was like, Whoa. It was LaserDisc. It yeah. was actual LaserDisc technology years before Laser, like t- 10, 15 years before LaserDisc were actually popular. Yeah, it, 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 uh, I don't want to undersell this. It was literally like watching a cart, like an animated, hand-drawn cartoon. Yeah. So, but it, interactive. It nothing like video games. It was it was a cartoon. Yeah, and, and I, I remember, I can't even remember, because I wasn't, I wasn't around at the time when it first you know, came about, but even for me, years and years later when I first encountered it it was revolutionary for me <laughs> so I can't imagine what it would be like for you know, a kid growing up with it yeah you can go to YouTube and you can actually watch gameplay scenes and how, how good it looked yeah but again it was so awkward to play yeah, it was yeah. so hard yep now, now, my question is, did the cartoon, I'm wondering if the cartoon followed the exact story of the game. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was actually, or if the cartoon was maybe like a continuation of the game or something. I don't remember exactly, but I do know the main character was exactly that, that character. So yeah, I don't remember yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because the problem, I think, was also that the game was so difficult to play that you would never get deep enough. I mean, unless you're a super incredible player, your average player, I'm telling you, you would put your money in and then just curse yourself because... Oh, the game's over. I just died. But I, but I didn't do anything. I just died. Yeah. You know, I was like, forget it. I'm going to go play Asteroids. It's much easier to play Asteroids. <laughs> well, well, there was, uh, there was uh, I'm not sure if you remember this, there was a follow-up. No, not, not a follow-up. But it was a, a sort of a, t- of, called Space Ace, which is just like the, the futuristic oh, version yeah. of it. And it's the same thing, hand-drawn. Right. Hand and Maybe we should do a show on, on, <laughs> on, on, this, on this series, like Space Ace and Dragon, uh, Dragon, uh, Dragon's Lair. It, it, Space Ace was like a futuristic version. It was like this, this sort of like Buck Rogers, you know sort of you know flash gordon type character but yeah that that was like it was that felt like it was going to be the next technological advancement in the history of video games and it was like <laughs> nope sorry we're just teasing you it looks amazing we just cannot 
deliver what you think you're getting. <laughs> okay, so one of my last ones I wanted to do, I wanted to touch upon, yeah. and this, without a doubt, is the most influential one that I grew up with. I And, and this this by no means was just on Saturday mornings. This was on every morning, basically. I remember even before school, they were, they were playing this. Like, like I, I'd get up, you know, get dressed, you know, I'd get my cereal in the morning and watch a few minutes of this was, was Pokemon. And this, oh, this, this, this was, without a doubt, the biggest influence I had, you know, when I was growing up. Um, I, and I remember being introduced to this, and I had no clue what it was about. I, I, I saw this show about you know, this kid who walks around with, like, some random animals who, like, say their names. <laughs> and, like, oh, they, yeah. they don't communicate. They just they just say their names over and over again. And then there's, like, these, these two human beings who, like, are trying to capture him. I had no clue what it was about. Like, I, I was stumped. I, I only found out later on that through in school where other kids in the playground were talking about it they were like oh don't you know what po- pokemon is and then they had to explain to me like i was an idiot because like, i i didn't know what a pikachu was <laughs> and so so you know i finally sat down and watched it i was like oh okay and then i, I got into it <laughs> and you know this show was like a time suck for any kid at the age like if you wow. if you're around this age range when this was on you at least enjoyed watching pokemon if you didn't you're a liar because because, because like it, it was so captivating um and then and you know this show spawned you know video games which i bought oh. religiously and i have i have still bought the last one <laughs> i'm damn proud wow like a trading card game yeah yeah which was nintendo ds the, the, the nintendo game the nintendo game boy <laughs> color the DS, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the the now Switch, um, all of them were just dominated by Pokemon games, and it's still one of Nintendo's biggest selling games, you know, wow. to this day. So the, the last version that was released, Pokemon Sword and Shield, was broke the record for the, the biggest first day launch sale. It's it's <laughs> it's you know all these years later, it's still going on, very very still very very popular. Well, this this was definitely after my time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was your time. <laughs> but I do remember my kids, them coming up to me and showing me their Pokemon cards, and my daughter with her stuffed Pokemon animals, <laughs> where, where you squeeze their belly and they make the noise. Yep. And I'm like, what the hell is this? A turtle or a mutated <laughs> turtle? Or and, and I, I, it was just, it was way, way. Oh, after oh yeah, me, yeah, man. definitely. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> I, I guess it's one of those things where, like, I because I was just used to it when I was a kid, I, it still holds like that sweet spot in my heart where I, 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 I still have, have to like at least keep my ear to the ground about what's still going on of like Pokemon news. Um, but it was, it was, it was such like a cultural, like for kids, mind you, for kids, it was such like a cultural, like landmark event that happened that it brought so many people together in school. Like I, mm-hmm. I was talking to people about Pokemon who I would never want to talk to in in, in, in <laughs> class, but because we had like, this unifying bond of pocket monsters, we had something to talk about. Yeah, I remember my kids. My daughter would tell me all the names, and I would be like, "Wait, what's this name? And how is this different what than the hell is, what the hell is a right you? Well, don't you see this guy's more power? I'm like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> the last batch I'm going to throw at you, uh, you know, to wrap it up from my end, is a couple of shows that. 
I'm not exactly sure if they were Saturday morning or they were regular shows, but sometimes they would throw them on Saturday morning to kind of tease people into watching them during the week or not. One of them was Inspector Gadget. I feel like that show was on yeah. every other day. More kiddie-ish, but it, it kind of tried to ride the line between, you know, teenagery and, and kitty. The other one was Johnny Quest, which is the original Johnny Quest, which obviously I didn't watch it. Like Johnny Quest was, I think it was from the yeah, 60s yeah. or something. But they kept re-airing it, and they still keep re-airing it, and it's fantastic. The the animation style, for whatever bizarre reason, is still, as far as I'm concerned, it's still good. It's much better than half or even three quarters of the ones I just talked about, you know, during the last hour. I don't understand how they were so good. And I know they keep threatening to make a live-action version of them one day, which we'll see. And I know they've done newer versions of Johnny Quest. I think they did one in the early 90s, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and, but... Still, I would rather watch the original. And the other one, the final one I want to mention, is something that would show up on Saturday mornings. It wasn't a weekly show, but it was Schoolhouse Rock. Oh, yeah. Where you would learn about American history or or government through little cartoons that they would kind of throw, you know, they they would kind of scatter them along, you know, in between shows and that kind of thing. And they were really, really good. And I remember one of the best things was when they actually put them all on a DVD and they had every episode of Schoolhouse, and I still own it, and it's it's fantastic. And it's like, yeah, I could, you know, I remember learning about some of these things, not so much from school, but from Schoolhouse Rock, out of all things in yeah, the world. Yeah, and 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 it's funny you do mention Schoolhouse Rock because I did want to bring this up, where because I guess in in the in the sixties, you know, the, these Saturday morning cartoons were becoming pretty pretty popular. It was a pretty it was a pretty novel idea. And so so a lot of companies were, and a lot of networks want more and more of you know, Saturday morning cartoons because it was a great time slot to fill. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so they, they, they sort of populated this, you know, pot at a time, you know, pumping out as much cartoons as possible. And so it, it got to the point where, where a lot of parents were becoming concerned that their kids were watching too much TV. You know, they're sitting around, you know, with all these cartoons, you know, through the entire Saturday morning, just watching cartoons. Oh, yeah. So they s- sort of wanted to, I guess, s- sort of petitioning to have some sort of uh, laws being enacted where sort of limits the, what how much the network can show and how 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 far they can you know take this and it was also a lot of, a lot of the uh, the advertising was being targeted toward kids so it was becoming a little bit you know sketchy where you they're sort of specifically targeting yeah. kids because of this time you know allotment so so the government basically said okay they had to step in and they created a um, a, a few you know pieces of re- regulation that would say okay you have to have a certain amount of time devoted to educational TV, and it has to have a certain X requirements, you know, for it. So that's why you began to start seeing shows like Schoolhouse Rock, where they were more focused on education and trying to bring these, you know, sort of like mm-hmm. real life concepts and real life education into cartoon form. So they can still air it, they still get, you know, the viewership of being it being a cartoon, but it had had some sort of you no know, educational element to it. However. At a certain point, everybody decided there's a lot of money to be made here. There's a, an endless amount of money that you could make if you can take something, especially when you're dealing with toys. Oh, yeah. Selling toys directly to children in the form of a cartoon character or an animated show. If we can take, I don't know, let's say, for example, 80% of the show being about the toy and then 20% of it being about the message. And that's when you get that formula of at the end of the show is, well, Timmy, what you learned here today was don't punch your friend in the face. Yeah. 
See you next week. Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah. And that, that, after that was, he's been punching him in the face for thirty minutes, yeah, that was the next evolution of because they, well, I guess they wanted they were trying to experiment to see how how far they can get away with you know. Oh, but look, it, it's an educational message at the end, right? Right. And but and meanwhile, slapping as much you know action and uh, and a lot of the cartoons, especially in the eighties, where they were sort of like very well disguised toy placement vehicle oh, basically so i mean so, this is a whole other show we could be oh, doing yeah, because, definitely. i mean think about this rambo had a cartoon <laughs> yep rambo an r-rated film about war basically got turned into a cartoon chuck norris got a cartoon you know you're talking about some d- heavy duty characters that again it's the 80s it's the age of deregulation you know reagan and and who cares just sell it people will buy it we'll make a billion bucks yeah, yeah. and yeah that's how you got those kind of shows and even something like gi joe you know you figured well what's what's more american and apple pie than gi joe well think about it it's a show about war <laughs> with a message the message comes at the end yep but the show is also selling you the toys it's all based on the toys. It's like, oh man, you're getting it all there. Now, granted, I I can't, you know, I can't get on my soapbox and tell you this is bad, this is good, because I enjoy all that oh, stuff. Yeah. I yeah. I could I could enjoy everything, but I can also see that there are people behind the scenes that are more interested in just making money out of kids. And they're gonna give their spoon feed him whatever the kid wants. The kid wants ice cream for dinner. He's gonna get ice cream for dinner. Yeah, and and again, as as sort of sketchy as it is, where you know a lot of these were <laughs> were made. If a lot of cartoons were also you know basically made to, and you'll see things introduced in the cartoons that would miraculously appear on store shelves, you know, conveniently around the same time. <laughs> but but yeah, as a kid, in that sort of thing, you know. Even to my time when I start watching cartoons, was still a thing. So on the one hand, you want to say you know no bad. That's you no, know, it's not morally justified. On the other hand, though, you know um, we're the ones going out and buying the stuff, the same stuff as well. Right. You're you're watching the show and you're thinking about it, and then the commercial after the show is about the toy of the show, <laughs> and you're like you're on the cycle of you know your mom's over there and you're just watching the TV going, uh, Mom, uh, you got to buy me this. this right? <laughs> Look, it exists. They actually made something out of what I just watched, <laughs> and we fell for it. And I mean, again, it's a, it's a tough one. It's a real tough one to uh, to really be judgmental about it, especially at our yeah. age. <laughs> I guess now nowadays, I guess it's uh, it's like the internet or or cell or or smartphones. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're having that same discussion now of kids with their, you know buried themselves on a smartphone right right and and it's funny you you mentioned that as well is because we we do notice now that saturday morning cartoons pretty much have vanished they're not gone they're not exactly around as they were so you know and a lot of people speculate you know okay so what happened why was like this mass exodus out of this existence it was yeah and and it it, it was it was cable it was home video games that because now kids had yep Video games, now, ooh, video games took a chunk yeah, out yeah, of the toy market. Exactly, because a lot, a, lot of, a lot of people, well, okay, we can't, why would we advertise to this group of kids who may or may not watch, who, who could turn the channel, you know, or, or we can create, you know, toys and things like this from video games and have them have their eyeballs on, on that, which is there's more locked in. So I think that was a big thing. I think that was a massive, especially the, like the, that whole like Super Nintendo Genesis era of video games was oh, pretty much devastating for cartoons. And then later on, yep. the internet came about, and and more and kids just weren't they didn't have that same draw to kind of sit down and watch a cartoon. You know, this dedicated time frame, especially when 
you right. you have it now the ability to have like you know a VCR and they became more vetable. Well, that's the that's the whole thing. You're talking about the '80s was the beginning of that whole home video market that started with VCRs, then DVDs, cable. Now you got streaming. You know you don't need to wait till Saturday to watch this. You just punch it up nowadays. Forget it. But even through the '90s, you know VCRs were still kind of chugging along, and through the late 90s, it was the beginning of DVRs. Mm-hmm. I remember I had one called Replay, a replay unit, which is, again, it was like a TiVo. Remember, if you guys remember TiVo. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's a digital recorder for video. And it's like, wait a minute, I can record five things at the same time? You know, that kind of stuff? Yeah, forget it. Just go to cable and just... It's, now forget it. Now it's everything is on demand. Everything is on instant ac- or free access, free on demand, streaming. On the internet, you can get anything you can yeah, think of. You can think of it, and it's there. And if you if you're half competent with a computer, anything you want yep. is there. So and I, so I think it was sort of like just one thing after the other, like one blow basically after the other. The video games, like the streaming services, the being able to record it, the instant gratification of just going on like something like now we have like you no know, Netflix and Hulu and because like right now Hulu, if I go on, I can find like I, like another cartoon actually I forgot to mention was was uh, was Garfield and Friends. That was that was, that oh, was, yeah, that yeah. was another, another another big one. Yeah. My sister and I loved watching like Garfield and Friends and U.S. Acres. They were obviously put but, together. But it's not like the cartoons died. I mean, they're still oh, yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, Netflix they're, yeah, has original yeah. programming. Or, or rebooted things. They're not just airing old reruns. I mean, you can find the old the old reruns. You can find that stuff. But people are still producing this stuff. It's oh, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, that's a big, big difference. Yeah, cartoons themselves are not dying. They're still and animated shows. They're still going on strong. But just and, and there's more and there's more for adults than ever before. It used to be just kids. Now there's, I would imagine, at least a quarter, maybe more, of animated shows are made for you know the Simpsons the. Uh, well, I don't know if they make the sense of that, yeah, but yeah, like so. um, Family Guy and, uh, you know, anything McFarlane, you know, all the all, all the uh, Seth McFarlane stuff, you know, a lot of adult-ish kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, Comedy Central uh, is made of a, a, a big, like the Rick and oh Morty, that's, 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 that's a very, yep. very popular one that's uh, more, way more catered for adults. Right. And that, I imagine that probably was a springboard from like uh, Red and Stimpy, when all of a sudden you started to get the more adult regular cartoony type yeah. of stuff somebody said wait a minute uh, I'm, there's money uh, on this I'm, I'm still <laughs> shocked at how Vince Stimpy like if you go back I'm still shocked at how Nickelodeon was able to air that because <laughs> I, I, I like Vince Stimpy it, 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 it was definitely and that, that wasn't a Saturday morning cartoon that was I, I remember no, that was like a later no, in the no. night show for on Nickelodeon but uh, looking back at it, I'm very surprised Nickelodeon was gutsy enough to uh to allow it to to to, to air it's, it's pretty yeah. pretty adult it's funny how you know in a way all those shows all these more current shows more edgier shows they had to come through they had to pass through that door yeah. first you know that's that that regular weekly kid show at three to four o'clock or five o'clock and before that the Saturday morning block that we just talked about that all the network every network show had it and I think I mentioned this once before I used to love the preview show that because every every season they would have a preview show for all the new shows the network was having they would do an exclusive preview show just for the animated shows and I was like oh my god this is wonderful I can see there's a Mr. T animated show coming oh my god that's unbelievable (laughs) you know anything you can think of it was coming next season it's just uh, it's a whole other world it's a whole other time that I'm sure it's not going to be repeated again in that manner. No, I think I think that sort of idea of having you know like a dedicated time to do something like to watch something is 
is not really gonna happen that much anymore um and even not even just like for cartoons i think even for normal like every you know live action shows you know, we still have oh, like yeah. we still have like, like like mandalorian we still have a lot of shows that follow that weekly format of release one release one but now so much of the shows are now just like binge it all at once and then watch it whenever you want to yeah i don't watch anything live anymore period it's not, not it's, only, hard, it's hard to even find stuff that's, that comes on just at a certain time yeah not only do i not watch any live shows anymore i don't i honestly don't think i watch almost any network shows anymore i think i think 75 or 80 percent of my stuff now is comes from netflix or cable yeah. or the computer <laughs> quote unquote yeah the, the only you thing know? i still watch on network tv is doctor who and that's and I, I i technically watched that through the bbc yeah, i was gonna say that's not network uh, the bbc america or bbc is not regular Television. Yeah, I guess. It's, yeah, it'd be, it'd be, it's cable. I watch it. Yeah, really? yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yep. If I think of NBC, CBS, and ABC, I, I just cannot think right now of any shows that I'm following. I'm just, I can't. I, I, I've never thought I'd see this. Listen, I used to buy the TV guide in the fall, and they had the preview issue, and I would highlight <laughs> yeah. the shows I was planning on watching, and I would have that list, and it was like, okay, here we go. It's September, whatever, and it's like, here's the premiere of. Magnum PI. Oh my God, it's Magnum PI. It's amazing. It was the A team or this or that, and I would pl- I would map out my my fall based on that preview issue. And now it's like uh, it's just no. It's now yeah. No, it's weird. I, even from, from my age, I remember as a kid, I we would get like the little like small TV guide. Like there were always like little mini size TV guide. You get like my, yeah, that's yeah. what I grew up yeah. with. Not the big ones. The big well, ones came it, later. It's still like. But it's so puzzling if you think about it, like we'd go food shopping and my grandma would pick up the tv guy like, like no and, and, and like no that and, was yeah, you had to and, and if you didn't get it man would i be pissed <laughs> off i'd be like, you went she, it's friday what do you do how are we supposed to get through this week without a tv guy it's, it's what's wrong with you it people sounds so bizarre <laughs> like when you think about it <laughs> but I, 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 I remember each issue well not now i don't remember each issue but i remember like they had like the covers of you know what was hot this week coming up and like, like uh-huh. my sister and i we would love watching the x-files and they had like we had a few of them that had x-files stuff on it and we'd go through it and like make sure we knew when, when the new one was coming out Wow. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a whole other world. It, it, and again, you, you got to explain it to your kids because they're like, what are you talking about? What's wrong with you? Why it do you so say weird. those like, things? Even for me, like, it, I know, a lot of kids, they don't have no idea what a TV guide would be used for. <laughs> you say TV guide, they think, well, yeah, that's the, you press the guide <laughs> button on the remote and it tells you what's happening. No, that's not a TV guide. It's different. Oh, man. Well, listen, thanks for, uh, first of all, for suggesting this topic, because, man, did this bring me back to uh, to the early 80s and the, my, my TV watching uh, <laughs> madness <laughs> that has developed during the last yeah, 40 no, years. Yeah, I, I think we actually go on, but there's probably more cartoons that were definitely, that were, that were just Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, the, 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 again, these are just the, yeah, these are just the big memorable ones that we could think of. But thank you again, Steve. Uh, yeah, no problem, Carlos, and thanks, everyone, for listening. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. I'd like to thank Steve, folks, as usual, for coming in and helping me out and coming up with this fantastic subject. Man, did we go through memory lane here with all of these shows. Man, there were so many of them. The good thing is that you can probably watch a lot of these on many, many streaming services or YouTube. Uh, they're all out there. And uh, hard to believe there was a time where we, you know, we would be chasing these shows down at a certain time of the day, on a certain day of the week. 
but yet do they bring back good memories. So on behalf of everybody here, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon here at GeekFest Rants. Bye-bye, everybody. If you would like to subscribe to our show, send us messages, or see video links to some of the topics we talked about today, please visit our homepage at geekfestrants.com or our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or iTunes at Geekfest Rants. I don't know what we're yelling about! Geekfest Rants is produced by Carlos Perone, copyright 2020. This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long.